You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Hey, what's happening, everybody? It's Brian House here for the Work For It podcast. You're listening to episode number 11, if you can believe that. I'm joined, as always, with my main man, Mr. Trent Hill. Howdy, folks. Out in the prairies of Wyoming at the base of a mountain. And my beautiful wife. Hi. Sarah. And we are Work For It. I am uh, Brian House. If you don't know who I am, uh, I run a YouTube channel small business uh, out of a studio and workshop. And then I have another business, uh, like a tech side business that I do. And this podcast is talking all about bringing up subjects based around work. But then eventually it kind of takes a side uh, sort of tangent almost every single time. And uh, I just, uh, I love hanging out with you guys. And I'm so proud to be a part of the Makery Network. Uh, Craig Lockwood and Jeff Fader and and uh, the crew over at the Knife Talk podcast put the Makery Network together. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you don't know what to listen to on any given day, or if you're looking for new content, make sure you go to makery.network and check out all of the other shows. There's so much going on on that website and you know when you click through that you're going to find something good. So uh, anyhow, so let's start the podcast, shall we? Mr. Trent, I know you're just dying. You're dying to tell us about the project you have going on this week. And I've been watching it on Instagram, so I know a little bit about it. No, I'm really not. <laughs> you don't want to talk about it at all? Well, it's just it's a source of frustration. I'm I'm literally at the end of my rope. I'm I'm tired of uh I'm tired of companies blaming COVID for, you know, they've had 4 months to get their shit together and they just don't seem to understand how 
they need to make adjustments and I'm tired of having to beg people to do their job so I can do mine. And I'm tired of, uh, bureaucracy uh, at the state and federal level and nobody seems to have a clue uh, what they're there for but they want to take they want the authority they want none of the responsibility they like the paychecks and the perks but they don't want to actually do the work and uh, I'm just I'm, I'm sick of it because the rest of us real people out here We've, we've got lives and we've got to get shit done and we've got to put food on the table and we've got to, we've got to take care of our customers and our coworkers and our colleagues and all of that. And I'm just, <clears throat> if I have to spend another hour on hold waiting for somebody to tell me that it's not their department, department or whatever, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, are you dealing primarily? Are you talking about the vendors first and foremost? You're 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 putting a roof on your house, which yeah, is the yeah. project you're actually working on right now. So, in case you don't know, Trent is working on an, a roof. He's got an insurance uh, deal going down with the insurance carrier, trying to get the roof replaced. He's opted to do the work himself, but he can't get the stuff delivered to his house in a timely manner to sort of fit the time frame that the insurance company wants. Is that, is that a correct rundown? Yeah, that's a pretty fair assessment. So here, here's what I've noticed. And, uh, and I don't know if this applies to what you've got going on, but because of COVID, right? So many different agencies and vendors, they're all being affected. So every, everyone is, you know, obviously dealing with the same all down the line, all down the line. Everybody likes to point fingers and, you know, I can't get this. I can't do this. Uh, And Matt and I, uh, Matt is my Texas distributor for all the parts for the grinder project. And um, uh, he's got a really good system to get your parts out. Like if you buy uh, parts through housemade.us, the order the next day uh, is given to him the next morning and he has everything waiting for him and shipping labels and everything. So he doesn't even have to think about it. He's got all the parts boxed up, ready to go. And he takes them down to the post office, and and we give them to the the postal people there, and then they 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 send them out. <clears throat> now See? we ship everything priority mail, so it's supposed to go out like you know, and within it's supposed to actually be delivered within two to three days, which is in, which right. is they have yet to really meet that requirement unless it's like really close to Texas, right? But we're very understanding, right? Because we're like, okay, it's COVID, whatever. Just recently. We've had numerous packages scanned and then just sitting in Dallas. I mean, just nothing's happening. So we're, you know, of course, we're we're letting our customers know they're reaching out to us and saying like, hey, we, you know, we noticed that you ship the parts, but it's still sitting in uh, it's staying sitting in a distribution warehouse in, in Dallas. And so, you know, of course, our canned response has always been like, hey, you know, right now COVID is doing this. But 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 here's the kicker. When we go to the post office and talk to them, nobody knows anything. Everybody no. is in the dark, and it's like, but is, really, isn't it, what isn't has it changed? Amazing how many incompetent, inept people are employed, and we have millions of people who are unemployed. Oh, yeah. It seems to me that the, the the corporations and the agencies have let go of basically all the talent and they've kept the dead weight. Well, I think too uh, another another. I, I mean, part I, of this. I'm I'm at the point. Brian, where I, I just I'm I'm completely lacking in any charitable sense or empathy. This is a problem of our own making. And yeah, I, I, I 
I do not care uh, that Jeff Bezos added another half a billion dollars to his personal wealth. What I care about is the fact that small businesses like mine are really suffering and we have slow moving organizations that are surviving because literally trillions of dollars are being trickled in to buy up bad debt to keep them afloat. The PPP is going to fucking Ruth's stake, you know, Ruth's, uh, yeah. Ruth Steak Ruth Chris, and company yeah, Ruth like Chris. that and companies like that. Meanwhile, the Main Street Loan Lending Program and the PPP and the EIDL is going everywhere but where it's needed. And I'm just absolutely sick of the lack of responsiveness by the companies that say they want to survive and the the lack of action by all levels of government employment or employees and agencies because, <clears throat> you know, I'm sure they're stressed out, like, don't get me wrong, but they still have a job. There are people out here who are unemployed who don't have the job and, you know, they're they're being given the runaround on unemployment. And and I'm just I'm I'm up to here. We've had four months to get our poop in a group. It's beyond ridiculous. There are there are no excuses or justifications that cut it past this point. This is the new normal. You adjust, you adapt and you overcome or get out of the way and let the rest of us take over because i it's not it's not fair it's not equitable it's not just for the rest of us who are out here trying to maintain what semblance of normalcy that we can what do you think now let me you know i i totally empathize with what you're saying because i i run a small business and i'm having a really hard time we have supply chain problems so yep, yep. So here, you know, what I was trying to explain to my staff is, yeah, you can get the parts now, but uh, you may not be able to get them in, say, like a month or two. So just be aware, like buy everything now. You know, we'll 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 put everything on credit if we have to. We'll put it all. We'll get it all here because there's still going to be a demand in three months. The supply may not be there. So we've modified the way that we stock inventory on my in my tech business because of this. And it's just because I see patterns and, you know, I've been through stuff like this before. And, you know, we've gone through some things, in, in, you know, when the economic downturn of 08 happened, you know, we, you know, you, you kind of learn, all right, we have to get ahead of this. And, and the, the businesses that, that run on low overhead and that prepare for this kind of thing, they're the ones that survive on the other side, which is where I want to be. So. I've spent a lot of time in the last couple of months working on my business strategy to try to maintain what at least maintain at some semblance of maintenance where I was before, even though financially the numbers aren't there. You know, I'm reviewing things. I'm looking, man, it's bleak. You know, things don't look right. Uh, they don't look okay, you know, and you know, the, today Sarah and I are talking about it and Sarah's trying to, you know, cheer me up a little bit and, you know, this and that and the other thing. And I'm going, yeah, no, I get it. But I've been doing this a long time and I see, I feel this way and I, I'm trying to really make a lot of changes. What I know won't happen though, is like the postal service, a lot of insurance carriers, these people, they're too big to pivot too quick. If that makes sense. They're not going to be able to react to this within four or five months. They're like a year out for like any policy changes and yeah, major well, things. So I, I see what I you're saying, but my my issue is more along the lines of uh, you were a boat captain. Okay, well you know that to be a professional boat captain requires a certain amount of competency. You have to pass some tests, yada yada. <clears throat> you're comparing a captain of 
let's say one of those big uh, uh, tanker vessels or one of those big container ships, they are supposed to have more competency and more experience than the guy who's moving a dinghy around the the uh, port. So They're I expect to, I expect them to keep their eyes on the horizon for icebergs. I expect them to keep enough fuel in the tanks that they can perform evasive maneuvers. I expect them to act like the professionals that are earning millions of dollars that these CEOs and their corporate teams are. I am tired of the bullshit excuses because that's all it is, is bullshit. They are feeding us bullshit while they are literally sticking you, me, everybody else, our children and our grandchildren with debt that's going to have to be paid for by us, not them. They're literally corporations that are giving their uh, corporate teams huge bailouts and then filing for bankruptcy because you can't give them or not bailouts. They're giving them golden parachutes because you can't give them benefits once you go into receivership. So they go ahead and, oh, we've got to do it so we can keep this team. You mean the team that helped drive the company into receivership? I'm sorry. Rewarding poor leadership is is precisely what's gotten us in this position where companies are too big to pivot and they focus on stock buybacks instead of actually taking care of the workforce that actually earns them the money. I'm, I'm just, I'm tired of all of the, cause it's just justification. Yeah, and it's greed. And, bullshit. You know, yeah. Yes. They're, they're, they're basically doing a smash and grab on yes. the economy. And this that's, is what and that's the problem. Well, yeah. We're worried about, Oh, they're tearing down some statues. Uh, not, not the fact that you know we're literally being robbed blind, yeah, and then being and stuff. then being held hostage. Uh, on so many levels, we're being held hostage. That you're right. A lot of that is distraction stuff, and and I try to I try to kind of communicate that to as many people as possible. Is that our attention is a commodity, and you have to remember that. So like every single time someone's you know uh, saying, "Hey, look at me! Look at me! Look what I'm doing." Um, you, you might want to turn around and look on the other behind you just to just to verify that you're not being hoodwinked. It's it's kind of <laughs> like we're doing it on a big global scale now a little yeah. bit. Um, not that I think that the covid thing is a scam because I don't. But no, I, no. But I, I know I what think you're saying. Too, yeah, it, it's wild stuff. And, man. and, and I, I got to apologize, you. Brian. I'm sorry. I, I'm a little salty right now. And it has yeah, nothing yeah, to do okay. with you. And yeah. it has nothing to do with our audience. It has nothing to do. Well, let me I, I want to reveal something to you right now, Trent. I am not actually Brian House. I am Jeff Bezos, <laughs> the CEO of Amazon. I have hoodwinked you and so many other people to think that I am Brian House. But in fact, I brought you here so that you could yell at me and tell me that I'm doing a bad job and that I'm too rich and I'm greedy. <laughs> All right, Jeff. <laughs> Settle down. I'm going through a divorce right now, Sarah. I can't talk about this. Oh, right. Okay. I'm worth $171 billion, yeah. and I don't know where to spend it all. We're so, all crying for you, Jeff. Anyway, I want to shift gears uh, just a little bit because- uh, Yeah, now, I was, now that my rant is out of the way. I, I hope you feel better. I And, and in fact, I think not, some not really. of the audience- I feel worse now. Oh, geez. Oh, man. <laughs> don't, don't feel worse because I'm- I'm really hoping that the podcast today by hanging out with us makes you feel better and not worse. Well, and that and, was actually And that's my, the thing is, you know, I, I do. I look forward to the podcast and, and hanging out with you guys. And I look forward to 
the the positive responses we get from the audience is just amazing to me. It is. It is. And then it's here I am. I come in here salty and kicking over chairs. And well, I wanted to get it out of the way because in the last uh, episode, you know, and uh, we we kind of giggled about this afterwards. I had to. This is the first time I had ever had to edit out anything out of the podcast. But Trent went on this epic rant for like 20 minutes and it was in my head it was very funny and i really loved it and then i joined in and i started getting belligerent and stupid and we all started going nuts and then i started thinking man maybe we should like release this on patreon or something because i think everybody would find (laughs) it really funny but there's it's definitely not for public consumption it's not for everyone but i think it'd be a fascinating little snack for i saved a a close audience (laughs) yeah i saved it the the hard the hardcore uh the hardcore crew. Yeah, yeah, people that'll love you no matter what. And there was alcohol involved. We were we were yeah. a little schnockered up and we yeah, were we were feeling I, a little loose, you know. The, the the thing is is I take responsibility for that. It wasn't the alcohol talking. That was me talking. It was just that I I let it out instead of you're holding going through it some in. stuff. Yeah, no, but that's see that's good. And in fact, uh, you know, I applaud your transparency and dude, so many people do not do this in any sort of space at all, even if it's just a private space, they don't even do this, let alone in a public space on a podcast to show who you really are, which, you know, you know, my take on you, I love you. And I think you're a great human being and a a really smart and amazing uh, contributor to society. And right now we just happen to be in uh, Trent Hill's sort of uh, phase of transition and also going through a pandemic. So it's interesting to watch your transition, but you're also a human being and you have 100 uh, percent. You have the right to be angry and you have the right to you know vent and say those things. And I feel like so many of us, you know, in certain spaces don't feel like we can do it. And I applaud you. So I just want you to know I appreciate you. Well, I appreciate you and Sarah more than you realize. So today's theme I want to now that we're past that. I want to talk about today's theme. Sarah says, "Oh, what's the theme of the podcast?" I'm like, "I don't know. I don't. I don't really know what to talk about. It'll come to me." But then, right before we hit the record button, it came to me. And as you know, I'm in the middle of a prototyping process for mm-hmm. something, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted to talk about prototyping and and not in any specific thing. I mean, I'll bring up the project I'm working on because right, it's relevant, right. but it, you know. Uh, I've had a lot of like offline conversations, like private conversations with people about my, my particular design that I'm coming up with. And it's very interesting how I see it and how they see it. So when I go and I create something that I think in my head, like I'm drawing something up in my mind and then I put it down in say CAD or wherever I'm going to draw it up. Um, in my head, I think, okay, it's okay. It's good enough. It'll probably work or whatever. And then I release it thinking I'm going to get, um, I'm going to get like some feedback on this. Now I know certain things I get, you know, very little feedback on because they're kind of common and maybe people don't have anything to reference or even they don't even really care. I mean, ultimately, that's the, the thing. When when you don't get a lot of attention on something, it's because people ultimately don't care. And you should take that as an indicator as such. But for instance, I'm, I'm prototyping a, um, a fine-tuning tracking mechanism for a grinder. And I released a 3D CAD drawing of it a few days ago onto Facebook and Instagram. And when I did that, 
uh, I got a lot of positive reception. There was a lot of people that were very, you know, hey, good, good job. It looks great. I think it, it's going to work. But then I got like some serious sort of negative. Like there was two the trolls came out at the. Woodwork. I don't know. I don't even know if, if I could really label them as trolls because some of the people I'm friends with, like on Facebook, and they were like, this is not going to work. And, and 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 a couple of them are engineers and they were telling me why it's not going to work. And um you thought everyone was trolling you. I did like, at first. I think they're just trying to be helpful. It, it, I did at first. I thought they were trolling me at first, trying to be jerks. Well, you like to read their comments in, like, you yell them and read them in an angry tone. You're like, listen to what this guy said. And you read it, like, super angry. And I'm like, well, of course it sounds like that. Read it like a normal person. And it just sounds like the dude is being helpful. <laughs> I'm too close to it. I can't, I can't, You're like, too close to the project. Yeah, yeah. I can't separate myself and from it. And I think it. you want it to be that. I think you like the idea of people trying to, like, point the finger and tell you what's what so that Brian you can give, versus give, the world right, right so you can give yeah. them the finger and then show them that you did it i'm adjusting my mic i hope it's not messing with the sound levels N- no no fine? not at all so yeah so i released this thing and you're right i do initially think that it's like an attack and some of them are very you know negative and are kind of attacks but most of them are like i don't even know why you would build this uh, it makes no sense, or it's not going to work, or you. This is over engineered. Um, you know, if you built your grind, this is my favorite one. If you built your grinder the the right way, uh, you wouldn't need this. You know, those are all kind of the 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 things that you know for the majority of the people that are you know writing in on this thing. And of course, I can give my justification, tell them why I built it and whatever. Uh, ultimately, that's not why I'm here to talk about that. What I want to talk about is when anybody, and I don't know many people that prototype machines or anything at all, but a lot of it is done in behind closed doors, I assume. You oh, know, yeah. It's oh, not yeah. in a public space. It's, you know, no. people aren't releasing drawings. Usually and, R&D and prototyping is very close to the vest. And I would assume that it's more than one person working on anything. So, like, you've probably got maybe, say, four or five people working on anything at any yeah, given it, time. So it kind of depends on the organization. I mean, like, think about what Renoa was telling you about the, the work oh, yeah. that she did. That's true. Like, sometimes it could be just one person in a, a department, and sometimes it could be uh, you'll get a section of a project, you know? Yeah, I would think, I mean... In my head, I think it'd be better if one person presented an idea and then, say, four or five other people kind of came in and refined it, or maybe they have a little bit of different expertise or whatever it might be. Well, I don't have that. So, you know, like I, I'm like an idiot. I release it all out into social media. And then, of course, I get all of this um, this feedback, whether it be good or bad. You know, a lot of people are, are very positive. And some, you know, obviously come back and say it sucks or whatever. But Here's kind of an interesting thing. So the one guy, his name is Richard Beck, and he has a YouTube channel, Beck's Armory. He he uh, he wrote in and he said, I don't think it's going to work, and here's the reason why. And I, and I didn't read it as like a negative thing because I know Richard. So I was like, okay, he really does not feel like it, this is going to work. Um, and then um, I wrote him back and I said, you know, I, I appreciate your vote of confidence. Just something like whatever because I'm not – I didn't – I was responding to so many different people at the same time. I was just like, whatever. Uh, and in my head, I think it's going to work, but I haven't built it yet, so I don't know. And um, and then I and then this morning when I woke up, I had a whole bunch of photos of something that he had taken my drawing and he redrew it in his own. Uh, I think he uses SolidWorks. I'm not sure exactly. 
and he redrew it and i was super confused because i'm looking at the photos and i'm like did he he did such a great job on the rendering that it looked like a real arm and a real mechanism i'm like did he build this last night like what's going on and he modified a few things and uh showed me like hey this is how i would make it if 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 it were me so right then and there i realized i had to sift through you know a bunch of negativity and positivity uh to get to the that one gem that one piece of information that i didn't have before so he, he made a minor change that would make it um easier to build you know and to me I'm thinking like initially when I was getting all the negativity, I thought, why do I even do this to myself? It's just, it sucks. It makes me feel like shit and I don't like it and uh, whatever. But then when I got Richard's response with all of those, you know, that great constructive criticism that was actually, you know, positive uh, in the long run and helped me enormously, uh, I realized that it is worth doing. And, um, but yeah, you got to kind of stick your neck out literally, you know, and there's a possibility it could get chopped off, you know. But I mean, that's that's kind of the whole entrepreneur's dilemma, risk versus reward. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna be scared, like you're never gonna do anything. Yeah, I agree. And some people just like to watch the show, you know. I mean, I and I think people are in that thread, reading it, and 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 I know there's people in that thread reading it that aren't even commenting because they're messaging me privately, uh, and I think they kind of you know they're trying to like make me feel better about it you know they're like oh hey uh i saw your video and uh and you know hey man why don't you do this differently or whatever they're trying to help you know they're trying to make me feel better about it yeah um which which is so nice and sweet and i appreciate it and um uh but uh yeah so i i i kind of find it's like a prototyper's dilemma and you're right about the the inner uh, the entrepreneur's dilemma it's the same thing because like when i started my business my uh the business i'm in now pretty much everybody told me i was a moron i mean every no one supported me everybody was saying you shouldn't do this it's super risky the economy's going down it's like oh six you know and i'm just like a cocky you know 28 year old or whatever however old i was and I was like, ah, oh, I can do this, you know. And meanwhile, it was a rough road, but we we did it, you know, we accomplished. But, um, yeah, it, you just kind of have to weigh it out and see, you know, where you end up. Uh, not to interject, but my my view on a lot of that stuff, uh, not the angry old machinists, Um Unless their concerns were about over-constraint, and I don't think most people actually understand what over-constraining a design is, uh, and I'm not going to get into it, but, uh, you know, I mean, worst case, you waste some time, you waste a little bit of material. Like, I, I guess I don't understand why so many people are so invested in either trying to prove somebody wrong especially when it doesn't really affect them or I don't know the whole I'm right. You're wrong. Like it just seems like such a futile exercise. Well, I, I, I kind of think of it like this. They were probably told the same thing at one point in their lives. I, I think that these guys, either their fathers or, you know, they didn't have like strong role models. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I would never go on a public forum and look at somebody's creation and intentionally lazily criticize it without giving them a solution. 
I just would never do that. It's just, yeah. it, there's no purpose other than if I feel like shit and I want to bring somebody else down with me, down to my level, that's the only thing I can think of. But I mean, then, it, then you're just, it. you're, you know, it's like, uh, People say happy as a pig and shit. Well, anybody who's actually ever raised pigs knows that they like to be clean. They're, they live in shit because we force them to live in shit. And that's my mentality with that is that somebody else lives in shit. They wallow in it and they want to join you because they don't know any better. It becomes a cyclical thing, I think. And and I try to be as understanding as humanly possible. And, and as you know, and I also like to troll the living shit out of them back, you know, but uh, like whenever any, anybody on those boards like criticizes my welds, I just say, hey, man, here's my address. Come finish them for me. I haven't seen any photos of your welds. So just, you know, it's just it's just silly shit like that. They don't even bother to look at the design. They're just criticizing any little tiny thing you can find. But but again, I like the idea that we now have this space. Unfortunately, there are some trolls, but you know, we have this space where we can go out and we can release something. And even if it's just one dude out of like the 50 comments I got on that picture and that drawing, that one guy came through and he, you know, he's like, Hey, this is how I would do it. And he did it in a public forum. And, you know, he set sort of a standard for everybody there saying instead of just criticizing the guy why not like help him and make it better so um and that's what i'm doing with youtube i fully believe the greatest gift you can give anybody is your own wisdom through your own experience it's it's just i can't i i if somebody wanted to hand me money i'd say yeah that's great and all but show me how to make money you know show me how to go out and do it or show me how to build something or fix something that's like money in the bank to me. And I see that with my kids every day. Like I want them to see what I'm doing and, and what I'm building and working on. And I feel like that's the a way more beneficial thing than any other gift you can give anyone else. Well, you could argue, I mean, that not that basically the basis of knowledge? Uh, the difference is it that is. some of it is is handed down, you know, general generationally or you know through a, a master apprentice type thing but by and large most knowledge is recorded and we get the benefit of that that's to me it's just a it's a, a video version of what would have before had to have been logged in a in a journal or a, you know written down and collected in a book or something like that how many times have you been on youtube You've gone out and you've watched somebody do something and you're like, oh, I want to do that. And and then you go and do it or or you take the steps to learn more. It's like almost like that inspiration comes from watching someone else like you do something. And that's what I hope people see in my channel and they go out and watch me prototype machines. They might not ever want to build a two by 72 grinder or or make anything with metal, but they could go there and watch a guy develop a business or make something and or weld something and go oh man I, if i le learned how to do that i could do this or i could change the world with this or i could make a business doing this and i could change my own life i would hope there's some karma banked up in that uh you know and i feel like there is um you know in, in this you know society where so many people are so niche oriented they know like one thing and they don't, you know, they can't deviate away from that one particular skill set. 
Um, I just want more diversity in learning. I'm just a curious person. I want to know everything there is to know about everything. I, f- I feel like it benefits us. Uh, I, I can see about specialization or, or niche knowledge for like how we earn our bread nowadays because that's how it's kind of been forced on us. But I mean, I think being a generalist is just better overall as far as uh, being a human being and achieving uh, our greatest growth. Just my that's really that's really how society is going to move forward anyway. If you yeah, think about it, you know, I mean, this is we live in the a, informational age, right? I mean, isn't that what we're in right now? Well, yeah, we're in and, the information and age. Like this is a little bit of a tangent, but it really has a point. So we're actually at a weird transition space where uh, we are one or two layers of technology past the point where we can actually recreate the technology we have. Like there's been some lost steps along the way. And uh, basically if anything interrupts the course that we're on, we're, we're, we're going to be stuck back at a, uh, think we go backwards or no? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we literally don't have uh, like how we got to the microcomputers we have today, the, the transitions in steps where we're lacking two or three layers of that to like, you're not going to put a chip foundry in your garage. Right. The, the, the level yeah, of technology that yeah. got there was so specialized and the number of people who knew how to do it and they're either dead or retired and it's not written down and we don't have the technology where we were going from uh, old school transistors to micro uh, circuitry we don't have that technology available to redo yeah. those steps if anything happens right now do you think that's why a lot of people are reverting back into like blacksmithing and these old world um you know bushcrafting and I, working with their hands you think that might have something to do with it almost like a survival mechanism well i i think there is actually a large overlap between like the prepper community and the the backwards not backwards but like i think there's two things there i think that there's like kind of the hedging your bets mentality and i also think that we've become so alienated with our current uh job prospects and the careers that the career paths that we're on and the hyper specialization and whatnot that it gives us an ability to reconnect to what actually made our society viable which was not you sit in a cube and you know in this little cube form and you answer your phone and you peck away on your keyboard or you know you you go to school and you collect all this uh this uh this debt for education that we're going to basically make uh obsolete in a matter of years yeah, it all does. It all does seem a little bit like we're the mouse on the wheel or the hamster on the wheel. Right. I mean, there's really we're getting flung off the wheel as fast as we can get on it. Yeah. I, I started to think about that many years ago when when I when I was working for someone else and I was not, you know, the 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 captain of my own path. I started really thinking about like, oh, man, every day is ground day groundhog day i get up and i it's the same exact thing over and over and over and how do people do this drudgery i have no idea i I couldn't live that way 
And um, but yet, you know, that's my own personality. Could you know that just could just be it. I just think too though that you know being a part of that, I, it built inside of me is not that uh, I'm not a cog in a wheel of of that magnitude. I'm I'm a different cog. I fit in a different space. And then, and then once you become self-made and you're really like, you know, the, the machine is churning and you're kind of just doing your thing and you become, it's almost as if I started back at the beginning. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm every day is like, uh, like I'm on that wheel again and I'm thinking, all right, and that, you know, and that's how Housemade was created. Well, you know, we uh, just decided I don't want to do this anymore. I want to change it up. Yeah. But yeah. you own the, you own the wheel. It's not someone else's. I own the well there's there's that aspect Sarah but there's also the aspect of I I think that uh, corporate enterprise in perpetuity is unnatural Uh, it's uh, what's that phrase they use when they're talking about robots um, where artificial intelligence no not artificial intelligence it's where the uncanny valley uncanny where something looks humanish but there's enough about it that's off-putting and oh like a deep fake yes but but more like like why androids look so weird we either have to make them cartoonish because the closer we get to making them look human without actually being human there's it's it's like the horror creep show factor (laughs) yeah like they're just enough off yeah like they're just weird And, and i and i kind of feel like that uncanny valley also applies to a lot of modern life with the institutions we've created. It looks and kind of smells and tastes like something we're familiar with, but at the same time, it's like, you know, if you've ever been victim to a mass layoff or something like that, you realize just how much of a facade it is and how unreal it actually is. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. I've been victim to that and just, you know, hit me like a freight train. There was no warning. And then all of a sudden, my livelihood was gone. And well, it was just, and my, my livelihood was in the hands of some guy that had never met me. Yep. And he wore a suit and tie. He walked in. He had a 10-minute conversation with somebody, and multiple people were fired. Yep. I mean, it was just And the like thing is, for him, that's just business to you. Like, I hate that phrase. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Uh, no. No, you, yeah, you, you cannot expect to control such a large amount of my life and control the things I learn and the efforts of my tasks and then be like, it's not personal. No, it's very personal. It, it, we we, is, we have tried to, to eliminate the way. human, uh, the actual human cost. Uh, it, it, if you notice on uh, any book, any, uh, any businesses balance books there is no ledger line for uh the human cost it's just called payroll no no that that does not adequately cover it and so what would your description of human cost be like are you talking about all the incidentals the human cost is the idea that uh uh, you know at least back in the old days you'd get a gold watch and you'd get a pension we don't get that we get a paycheck no that's gone and we literally get discarded like yesterday's trash that's true yeah that is very true yeah like any no very few corporations are loyal to the employees it's it's very rare oh well they're they're loyal to certain employees but those employees have to have an alphabet soup of uh letters next to their title right right yeah they better be very valuable for sure well i i question the value the the fact that the average ceo's uh salary has risen 951 times since 1974 they're not producing 951 times more value so i i really strongly argue that the value add for 
those alphabet soup creeps. Sorry. Yeah, I, I no, I agree. I'm I'm 100% in agreement, but I just don't I I I'm I'm in a weird space because I'm would be considered a CEO like of my business, which is very small by the way. So right. I but you know, but there's I don't there's see a difference. Like there's a difference between a title and entitlement. And no, the I totally problem understand. I have with a lot a lot of corporation is they're basically small city states. Because, you know, like Bank of America has, what, 300 and some buildings spread across the country. You know, if you put that in one area, that's a good-sized town. But because they're dispersed and they're diffuse across the country, we don't really we don't really judge them the same way we would have an old European city-state. Like well, Monaco even, or, yeah. or Liechtenstein or... Even anybody in an organization and i've noticed this too with like uh, class states you know of like uh, different types of people so uh, it, it like they get a spare they get a pass right you know because they make more money or they have a high right. power position you know right. there's all these things and we're watching this like with the epstein controversy and all that stuff that all these people are now connected with this this person who would be considered you know evil to the core right right and all of them are trying to do their absolute best to wipe clean any connection to this guy and um you know i try not to be a conspiracy theorist or even like think about stuff like that because it's just a waste of my headspace like i'm focused you know i wanted like you know achieve and accomplish every day and i feel like even that epstein thing is like a is like a is like a distraction you know yep. it didn't it's affect me directly diversion. it's another diversion on something else and sarah had this interesting um a theory on it and and you know she's like tell tell us the theory but you have about the epstein controversy I was not of sound mind when oh, I came okay. up with this theory. So you're not you're not behind it any longer. No, I wouldn't say it was a real theory. It was completely asinine. Was it a joke or did you kind of? It was something I thought you it were was playing funny. out. It, no, it was really just kind of a. Stream There's a of lot of truth to humor, Sarah. <laughs> no, this was this was me like coming up with uh, just a stream of consciousness conspiracy theories while I was in the shower and yelling them out and then Brian <laughs> is in the next room laughing because I thought it was funny but then there could have been some truth to it maybe. I don't think so I think it's super wrong and offensive and absolutely ridiculous but I was laughing like a hyena at my own idea that the um, coronavirus was somehow concocted uh, by Epstein while he was still alive um, or like he's such a powerful man. He was such a powerful man and um, had a lot of powerful connections. So you want to hear you want to hear this is all this is all part of his, his his plan to distract from his own downfall by launching a uh, a pandemic well, on the you, world. And then everybody stopped talking about it for five minutes. You want to hear something creepy that actually feeds into that uh, oh, consciousness, Jesus. stream of consciousness. Yes, we uh, want to hear this. <laughs> no, so seriously, Epstein was, not, Epstein was one of these <laughs> people you. who wanted to, he was kind of a eugenicist and he really wanted, like he he's planned this out and he's got, uh, he, he had some, wheels in motion he was planning on trying to not only live forever but he also wanted to uh basically have a bunch of uh baby mamas of like his clones running around oh that's weird would yeah, he have like, like an uh futurama where those guys their heads were cut off and like in jars like floating around man was that like, what he was thinking if you actually start investigating that and i don't mean like a bunch of the alt-right 
uh but like actually digging into uh like the stuff that the fbi and stuff has on him like he was into some really weird shit and he I, I find it really weird that he was so well connected with a bunch of people who are like, I, I, yeah, I didn't, I had no idea he was into this stuff. <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense that somebody that powerful would be that clueless. Or that maybe that's the biggest of joke stuff. of all is that we're all entrusting uh, these people to lead us when they're not fit to run their own lives. I, I think there's way more to it than we'll ever know, but you're right. It's uh it's one of those things where, I I started watching the documentary on Netflix and I, I got five minutes in and it I was like I can't watch this I cannot I cannot know that this type of evil exists and is as I have a sick sense of humor you know my sense of humor you know with the whole <laughs> thing I I love all weird stuff and whatever else when I started watching that that Epstein piece I was I, I just went this 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 is pure evil this is like absolute pure evil and this guy is like he's like the he he could have been the next hitler i mean this guy was just insanely crazy now getting back to prototyping real quick because i have one more statement on prototyping are we going to prototype a better race uh (laughs) well i think eventually we'll all blend we'll all be the same you know eventually those you know it'll take hundreds maybe thousands of years but yes that that was very tongue-in-cheek it was just you you threw out some hitler references and we were talking about epstein so no i am with you so so i'm sitting on the toilet today and i'm using the bidet and i'm thinking that is just such a that's like your new go-to well, here's the thing. If you haven't listened to the last episode, you should know about the e-break and, and all of that. So go back one episode. You got to pull the e-break and we'll talk. Well, you can hear us talk a lot about my new uh, found love for the, the toilet attachment, the bidet toilet attachment. So I'm sitting there. I do my best thinking on the toilet, by the way. It's like my time. It's I, I sit there and this I'm is thinking. so off-putting. I'm, well, hey, you know. It, it's a, it, it's get, an un- uninterrupted span of time where most people don't want to interrupt you. Right, exactly. So you're sitting there, you're on the toilet, you're doing your thing. Most Hopefully people have relaxed. Their, uh, relaxed. You have your phone in your hand. Because you don't okay. want to blow an O-ring. Right. You don't want, somebody, somebody said I had the cleanest turd cutter <laughs> in Florida, and I've never heard the term turd cutter before. I thought that, that was pretty that's a very That's a very Midwest, uh, Western phrase is it yeah, yeah. I've, I've never heard it i've i've heard uh also like pin- look at the shitter on that critter <laughs> oh my god or loaf pincher yeah. i've heard that one yeah. okay so so i'm sitting there i'm relaxing i'm on my phone and i'm thinking to myself my bathroom is it's a it's a water closet you know what a water closet mm-hmm. is so like my bathroom is you know it's got a shower and it's got two sinks and it's a standard bathroom for the most part and then you have to walk all the way through it and you're in the closet not the water closet, like the closet where you store your clothes. If you make a right-hand turn into this one door, there's just a toilet in there. It is like literally just a room with a toilet in there. So this is what my life has become. I now have what's called a WC. A lot of people call it WC. It's short for water closet. In this room, it's four walls and a door and a light above you and a fan fart fan as we like to call it <laughs> uh and i'm th- sitting there and i'm like okay i'm done using the bathroom i've got my phone in my hand there's nowhere to set my phone like i have nowhere to put anything in here there's like it's like the floor right i'd have to see the set I, what you, do you need i need somewhere to put my phone my pants are down around my ankles and i have nowhere to put my you phone. need a laptop shelf you got that right buddy and this is where the prototyping conversation was coming in i think that we should prototype 
a bathroom shelf. And I know these these exist, but I'm thinking something kind of fancy, maybe with a USB power plug on it where you could charge your phone. I don't know. Just just throwing this out there, thinking like this could work. You don't think so? I think it's it's very unhygienic. I think I think that there are people who would enjoy it, but yeah, I mean, but where do you put your phone? I mean, you, I mean, I don't have a shelf. I have you, nothing. You have a pedestal sink. I mean, you could actually no, 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 phone. not no, in that this, room. There's no sink in there. Oh. This, the door is closed. There's no it's sink. It's just you and the e-brake. It's oh. you and the e-brake. A toilet roll. What about the top of the tank? The top of the tank has uh, Kleenex on it. There's room. I set my phone on it. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel weird about putting my phone on the toilet tank. Oh, like, why? I feel like it's it could super fall clean. in. There's it, a there's a lid on it. Dude, there's a guy about? on there's a guy on uh on Instagram that you might actually want to partner with. Okay. What's Is his he name? A toilet uh, shelf maker. Hold on, I'm trying to get to it. No. But he's he does like a lot of the stuff that you're talking about like prototyping and he does some production stuff and he's got a laser that he does engraving for people and uh hold on uh it's machine shop outlaw i oh, bet okay. i bet he would totally do a laser cut bent powder coated shelf that you guys could sell yes. as a, a bathroom gadget because he made he made one for uh for his home it was like a, a really robust like you know like the little wire racks that you put on the the shower head if you're poor like me yep, and you don't yep. have the fancy shower yeah and then yep. you put your your soap and your razors and shit on it so yeah, he yeah. made like a really badass one of those uh like way overkill because it's like i don't know eighth of an inch aluminum and like nice. uh, cnc uh broke on the press break and like powder coated and it, it looked pretty pretty sweet but uh yeah, you could do. I would, what if we did something like that that would hang from your toilet roll holder? Yeah, dude. You know, I, you don't even have to mount it, dude. I'm telling you, I I bet he'd be all over that. It'd be a good yeah. little side hustle for both of you. And we could do a collaboration on it. Yeah, I feel like I'm gonna walk in there one day, and you know how, um, like little schools used to have those little desks where that there's a like a table attached to the chair. Yes. And it kind of swings up. Yes. And it falls oh, back down. That's even better. <laughs> Something that mounts to the bowl itself <laughs> no. that you could you could swing out like a like the arm that I have on the plasma table for the the <laughs> Langmuir Systems Crossfire Pro that holds my laptop. Something yeah. like that would be pretty sweet. There you go. All right, all right. So moving on. All right. I wanted to talk a little bit about the uh the the projects that I've got going on. And uh, a lot of you also know that I run a, a tech business. I have a computer repair shop in Naples, and um, you know we fix computers, we do IT work. And uh, to give you a frame of reference, uh, my website for that uh, for that computer business hadn't been updated since 2012. And uh, and Trent, you'll appreciate this because the website's super old and. Uh, you know, everybody's been telling me you need to update it. I was going to say, it. does it look like something that was from like uh, AOL? Yeah, it looks like um, like GeoCities. Remember GeoCities? Oh yeah, with the flash graphics and the the scrolling stuff and the text images. Text images. Also, a rotary phone on the uh, one of my images was a rotary phone. Lots of router and monitor images. A a Linksys router. It basically looks like a scam. Yeah. So this is what the conversation uh, one of my employees was having with Dexter, my son. 
he and then Dexter inadvertently told me about it. I didn't. I didn't even think about it this way. But somebody had called in and said they almost didn't call the number after they found us on the internet because they thought we were a scam. They thought like <laughs> legit there would be no computer shop that would have a website like this because it looked that bad. And then, uh, of course, when I heard that, I was like, ah, oh, all right. So I better sit down and redesign this thing. And I'm no web designer. So, of course, I go. And Sarah is, but uh, she's busy. She's got a lot of stuff going on. So I downloaded like a template and did the thing. So this last week, uh, I've been really focusing on getting that website up and running and doing that and making sure all that stuff's looking good. So uh, if you're interested and you'd like to check out my website for my, my business, it's paradiseprotech.com, P-R-O-T-E-C-H.com. And uh, you can, you Paradise Protect, you can go there and look at my fancy dancy new website. It's got moving pictures. It's got all them latest and greatest all stuff on it. Pictures. Yeah, moving pictures in color, no oh, doubt. Man. In color. Too much. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I've been going on doing. And also, uh, Trent, you'll love this. Uh, last week, we had Nick Tobin on from Pickle Cutters, right? Yeah. And uh, through uh, some some sad news, um, and, and if you're on Facebook with him, you'll know about this, but his uncle passed away, and he actually passed away while we were doing the podcast. Oh, Jesus, man. I didn't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. So send your love out to Nick at Pickle Cutters. But um, some, some good things kind of came from this, and I hope he sees it this way. Um, because of the border closures in Canada, you're not allowed to travel, uh, you know, across the border right now. Yeah. Um, and some of his family members were able to come down because his uncle lived in Maine. So they were able to come down and um, and through, you know, they opened the border enough for them to come through and all that. And uh, Nick reached out to me and he said, hey, man, I want to build your grinder. And I have family right now in Maine. Could you send it to them? And uh, and get it to me in time before they head back to Canada, because then they could, you know, they could bring it across the border. Because if you know anything about shipping stuff to Canada, it's ridiculous. Um, so we managed. Uh, Matt and I managed that day. We rallied. We got him uh, his packages. We sh- we sent them over there. They should be either arriving today or tomorrow. I would think. I think one already arrived. And Nick will be building the Revolution Grinder, which is super exciting. Now on. Now, through us talking about it a little bit, I remember something he said on the podcast last week about having all of his knife blanks laser cut. And uh, I said to Nick, I said, have you ever thought about being a grinder distributor? Because we don't have one in Canada. And he was like, no, man. You know, so then I, you know, shared a spreadsheet with him and showed him like, hey, this is our margins and, you know, this kind of thing. And uh he took the drawings to the guy, the family friend that cuts out his knife blanks, and they are going to start laser cutting the revolution in good old Canada. Sweet. And uh, yeah, so we will be distributing the revolution two by 72 belt grinder in Canada. And if you're interested in that, um, it'll probably take us a couple of weeks to get everything kind of organized. But Nick is making a ton of headway on the project he's already gone there and met with them they've done all the nesting in their cad program so that they can do all the cuts and uh they're gonna actually do the first laser cut session uh sometime this week so they can match everything up make sure it works you know make sure all the tolerances are correct and all yeah uh but uh i mean how amazing is that right you know the guy comes on the podcast we're talking and uh you know he tells me he has a family member that has a laser cutter like it's uh it's a cool this is the way business should be done it gave it gave me goosebumps talking to him about it because you know 
hopefully this brings in some extra income for him. And um, he, he's he's just loving the idea that he's going to expand his business through us and uh, be a part of the housemaid family, which is really cool too. That's that's really awesome. I am, I'm I'm blown away that he even stepped up. He was like, man, I want to do this, and he was so excited. And it's it's so good to hear his excitement. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, it was a uh, his, his uncle passed, and and that was kind of the thing that sort of was the catalyst for it. But, um, you know, hopefully, there's some good that comes out of it for well, for their family. You know, without being too philosophical or macabre about it, I mean. All growth stems from death. You know, I mean, if you yeah. actually look at the natural world, that's that's we all make way for something better. We will all return to dust at some point. That's true. It's true. Yeah, I've been thinking a lot about my more own mortality lately, but it's uh, for another you're, podcast. You're probably. I mean, I I don't I don't advocate against that because that is a big part of stoicism recognizing that uh eventually we pass and what are we doing with our current time but uh maybe you should try to focus less on the morbid aspect of it and uh you know the fact that i'll eventually be like fertilizer for somebody else well i mean if it's if you're using it for positive means but if you're just contemplating it out of like a sick sense of humor it's not really gonna do you well well, I the when I, the way I look at it is um, probably like a lot of men in my in our age group, um, and I look at my face, I see an old man or an older man, right? I'm 43, so I see like I look at the lines on my face, and I see like you know, I see an aging person, and I can't stop that train because there's a big period of your life, like say 20 years almost. Where you don't age much. Yeah. You know, you kind of look the same. Yeah, you know? I know. I know what you're talking about. And then now, like you hit your 40s, right? And every day you look in the mirror and you go, oh, there's another line on my face that I didn't have before. You know, so that, I think that's what kind of does it for me. Mine is more bit. and more gray hairs. Yeah, gray hair. That's a big one. Or or watching your children grow up, too. You know, that's the other thing. We were just looking at pictures of the kids from, I don't even know, when were those photos taken? Like two years ago three two years or ago three years yeah we were looking at pictures of the kids and then it was like oh my god look at how little dexter was he was helping me like assemble workbenches at this at the shop or something and yeah, uh he looked like a little boy he could fit inside the he, there's no way he In could do cabinet, that now yeah. yeah yeah so you know all those things kind of you know ruminate in the mind a little bit and either you know they either bring you down and make you feel sad or they kind of light a fire under your ass and, what, you know, make you want to do more. I yeah. Guess. Well, I mean, and that's that's the thing for me. Like, I look at this. Uh, I, I'm one of those people. I hope I grow old gracefully. I'm not going to do the Botox and the uh, nip oh, and you're tuck graceful, and, buddy. and all you're that. Very but I, I feel like I feel like between my experiences and my knowledge and my uh, my desire to to be of service i feel like this is our opportunity to not only pay it forward but to have a chance to influence f for positive reasons not just for personal glory but to uh influence and to help not only guide but provide opportunities for the for the 
people coming up. I like that, man. I like that. And you're so full of knowledge and experience. I'm full of something. You're full, you're full of something. And, you know, I, I, when I talk to you, there's a there's a like a sense of like a wealth of knowledge. I always you always have something to say about whatever we talk about, but also a realistic point of view of what your position is and what your roles are. That makes sense. Like you kind of know where you fit into things. Yeah, you're not tr- you're not figuring it out. You know, you know, and that that's a that that is one of those things I really like about you, Trent. So I I, I encourage you to continue. And you, through social media, you you have that platform. You can do it. I I am discovering that day by day with the people that reach out. It's awesome, right? Yeah, we can find you on Instagram at three o seven driftwood. All one word, no spaces. So go out and find Trent. Follow him on Instagram. And uh, he would love to, you know, connect with you out there. If you like the show and you like Trent, that's where you can find him. Also, I want to just mention again all of the great shows that we have on the Makery Network. Uh, the podcast network that is uh, uh, the Makery Network. So um, right now uh, you can go out and listen to the Handmade Podcast with uh, with uh, Chris Zepp from Make Everything uh, Workshop, and 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 on that show he's got Derek from Alden and Paul, and they do a really awesome show, and they're talking a lot about like uh, their their lives and what they do for work and and their construction stuff and their CNC stuff, and it's all I always learn something whenever I'm listening to that. Plus uh, Chris talks a little bit about his social media adventures and like building the cool stuff he's building and collaborating with people so if you're a wannabe content creator you can go and pick up some really cool stuff from chris on his podcast and kenzie is killing it with the young young makers podcast oh that's right i forgot about the young makers podcast killing it sorry he's killing it it's really good yeah he just picked that up and he is running with it yeah i am he's like forrest gump just running with it that's it that's it and then you've got our, our main guys, uh, Devin and Dustin from The Art of Craftsmanship, totally crushing it on their podcast. And uh, one of the things that um, Devin does on his uh, podcast every time is he starts his show with a quote. I don't know if, you, if you've if you listened to or been able to pick up any of their, their shows yet, um, but they always have a theme. And then that quote is sort of wrapped around that theme. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up a quote, actually, in honor of the art of craftsmanship. And it's one that I I love and uh, it, it's poignant. It's actually relevant to what we've been talking about. Are you ready to hear it? And and maybe I'm, you can guess who actually said it. I'm all You ears. might know. You I'm might know. Ears. People who say it cannot be done should not interrupt those who are doing it. I want to say Mark Twain. I know. I thought the same thing. It's not Mark Twain. It's uh, they, they actually don't know the full. They don't know the or yeah they don't know the origin of it fully but they think it's a Confucius statement like a something that came from his era but George Bernard Shaw is who made it um, who made it uh, um, popular he's got some he's got some other really good quotes yeah he was a playwright and do you want to hear my favorite quote of all time oh absolutely it's from H L Mencken Uh, he was a he was a journalist and uh, an editorialist in the early part of the 1900s. And okay. he, my favorite quote is, he said, from time to time, uh, 
Goodman. I'm I'm going to murder this quote, but Goodman must have the urge to hoist the pirate flag and slit some throats. Interesting. I like that. And what does that mean to you? Well, to me, it was, you know, at the time that he wrote that, there was a lot of, like, a lot of the early union movements and stuff. But it was also that, uh, you know, we didn't get where we were by being a bunch of law-abiding goody-goodies. country was built on dissidents. You know, we're a nation of rogues and brigands and traitors and rebels. And occasionally, in order to move forward, you have to break some rules. Much totally like making agree. an omelet where you break some eggs. Sometimes you got to break some rules to create something better. Totally agree with that. Hands down. Great. That's a great way to look at it. I love it. That's really great. Well, who said it again? What was the guy's name? H.L. Mencken. Mencken. Okay. We'll have M-E-N-C-K-E-N. Also on the Makery Network, you can listen to Jeff Fader. If you know who Jeff is, he's a a podcaster on the Knife Talk podcast. He's also a sculptor. Uh, He's had a really interesting life, and he talks a lot about that through his interviews that he's having with different people um, out on the interwebs, and uh, it's captivating. I think Jeff is enormously entertaining and also very smart and he's uh he's one of those guys that just has a really unique outlook on the world and brings that that perspective with him in every endeavor he does so when listening to him talk and and hear how he cares about his people that are on the show and how he looks them up and researches them beforehand um, he's always prepared and uh, he does a great job with the full blast podcast. So you'll enjoy that. And then also um, I want to give a shout out to Jeremy over at simple little life. Um, Jeremy, I've been following Jeremy for years on YouTube and now I'm on kind of a level with Jeremy and we message back and forth and talk. And um, I know he's mentioned a couple of times on my podcast and my YouTube channel on different avenues. And um, you know, when you sort, I, I, I hate, I don't want to use the term idolize cause I don't idolize anybody really. But um, when you look up to somebody uh, like Jeremy and you learn a lot from somebody and then, one day your name comes out of his mouth. It's a, it's a really surreal feeling. So um, to listen to simple little life, uh, it's kind of like, I I believe it's just Jeremy now. I mean, he's just telling stories and doing his thing under a staircase, Um, but it's, it's super interesting uh, and kind of short, you know, he does these short pieces, which I like because sometimes I don't have enough time uh, to invest like two or three hours into a podcast. Um, so I listen to Jeremy while I'm in my workshop and uh, I feel like I'm hanging out with a guy and he's telling me stories. So go out and listen to that. And you can find any of those podcasts out on the Makery Network website, which is makery.network. There's no .com or .net or any of that, just makery.network. Or you can search for any of those on any of your favorite uh, podcast feed platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and all those places. So uh, it would be awesome if you supported all of the people who are uh, in our network because we feel very close to them and and they're doing the same type of thing we're doing. So go out and check it out. Um, One other thing 
that I wanted to uh, uh, do. And and uh, we're, believe it or not, Trent, we are an hour and five minutes into this podcast. And it doesn't even feel like that. It feels like we're- uh, I thought you were going to say it feels minutes. like we've been here for hours. No, no, not at all. The last podcast went almost three hours, which that didn't even feel like two or three hours or whenever, however long we did it. Um, one of the things that the guys at Knife Talk w- did, and you and I actually started doing this like right on our first podcast, was we were giving uh, shout outs to cool stuff that we were finding out on YouTube. Yeah. And um, I had an interesting interaction with somebody uh, just through happenstance, a, 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 a guy named John Norwood, he owns a um, a forge in North Carolina called Old Hickory Forge. And um, through, I didn't know who he was. I, I never met him or anything. I think he's been on Forged and Fire. He, uh, a friend of his bought a grinder from us and then asked us if, we would be interested in donating parts to have one built for John. And uh, then it sent us links so we could go out and look at his YouTube channel. He's got a really cool YouTube channel called Old Hickory Forge. You go out and find it. I'll put it down in the show notes so you can find it. Um, uh, John is like a lot of blacksmiths and a lot of knife makers. He's uh, using just a handmade belt grinder that he made, you know. But if you see the quality of this guy's work, He's just doing some amazing stuff, right? Uh, so I said, sure, you know, let's donate some parts. And so we mailed all these parts up to North Carolina. Chuck, the guy that offered to do it, um, he built the the grinder for John and then delivered it to him. Well, then I get a really nice note from John, you know, on Facebook. And he was like, hey, man, how you doing? And, you know, I love the grinder and I'm building it. I mean, he had a couple of questions. We were talking about it and all. And um, through that conversation, I started digging into his YouTube channel and this guy makes some amazing hammers. And uh, when I say hammers, I mean like they're small sledgehammers, blacksmithing hammers, um, cross peens, flatters, you know, all these really cool. Uh, you just uh, wanted to say cross peens. Cross peen, baby. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, and so I'm like, you know what? I want to buy one of these from John. So I went out and to his Etsy store, shopped around a little bit and um, purchased a hammer uh, from him. And... Um, and he uh, he got it to me quite quickly. It arrived yesterday, so now I have this like two and a half or three pound flatter hammer made by him. He makes the handles. He uh, he and, and and I felt like I don't know if you know this feeling, but like owning something like that is. And, and when you like the maker, you like the guy who made it. Um, John's just like a super interesting guy. He's he just when you watch his channel, you just know what you're getting every single time. He's yeah. super informative, and and I think I'm friends with him on Facebook now. And the guy's just friggin' hilarious too. Like, I I you, you got to go out and check out Old Hickory Forge. I, I'm a super fan of John Norwood. I think he does great work. And now I have one of his hammers. And he threw a what did he throw in there? It was like a necklace. It was a pendant. Yeah, it was like um, like an axe head pendant. Oh, that's right. It was an axe head pendant that he that he uh, had forged, and it was all made out of steel, and it had his stamp, his I love touch it. mark. I know I gave it to Sarah because I don't wear necklaces, but it it uh, it's a it's a cool it's a cool piece, and um, and so John, if you're listening, I appreciate you, buddy, and I hope uh, somebody goes out and finds your YouTube channel because of us. And thanks for the necklace. Yeah, it was great. So, who are you watching right now, Trent? 
Oh man, all your regular stuff. Or well, there, no, there's new? there's actually a laundry list of new people that I've discovered. My normally I hate the uh, the suggestion list from YouTube because it seems like they don't have a clue what I actually like to watch. But there is. Hold on, let me give him a shout out real quick as soon as I can find it. Um, okay, so there's a new channel called PPF Racing. And he's right in everybody's wheelhouse. He He's not just a one-thing channel. He does fabrication and a little bit of machining, and he built a plasma table, and he, he's a gearhead, so he's got some car projects, and he's, re, he's building out his shop, and he's just a really small channel, but he's got some really good content. And so is it is it like maker based? Is he doing tutorials or is he like showing Well his plasma you know, table, he's got a four part build and each one he's going through the different parts of the table he's creating and it's it's not really a recipe, but it's more like uh, you know, here's how I'm doing this and here's my reasoning for doing this and you know, follow along and and maybe you'll yeah, get that's, something positive out of it. Yeah, so what's the name of the channel again? PP PPF racing racing okay and is it all one word no it's two words so it's ppf and then racing got it okay and we'll find it and put it in the show notes so you can go out and check it out uh sarah what are you watching on youtube right now or anything at all in fact share with us any you know content that you're listening to or watching well you know that i don't really consume content on youtube when I want to learn how to make something, I want to take one class. I want to learn how to do the whole thing. And I, I only learn by doing. I just like don't want to be in front of a TV unless I'm consuming garbage reality. Crap. Like marrying millions. First of all, you picked out marrying millions and it was a gold mine. Okay. Can Is I just it- tell you a story about that real quick? I got a text or a, a message on uh, Instagram. It was a screenshot of somebody's television, like a photograph of somebody's television with the marrying millions logo up on it. <laughs> and it just said, I'm effing blaming you for this. <laughs> Was, this, this is the influence this podcast has now. That was funny. It was. It was really yeah. funny. Um, so, if anything, you're watching uh, Below Deck. That's I'm, like one I'm of your favorite. I'm all caught up on Below Deck. Yeah. Love that. Love the crew on the super yachts. Um, yeah. What else am I watching? I don't know. I'm I'm back into The Sopranos again after you fall asleep. Oh, lest you forget. Oh, never. Um, I'm in episode, or not episode, uh, season five. Tony B. But wait. What? What about 90 Day Fiance? Oh, yeah. 90 Day Fiance. There's another round of it. This is a different one. This isn't 90 Day Fiance. This is called 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, which is not where the the person in a foreign country is moving to the States. And um, this is where the uh, U.S.-based person in the relationship is moving to a foreign country they're leaving everything they're leaving their parents their family and they're like whatever i'm moving to south africa because i fell in love with this guy by the way he's a felon and you know has a gambling problem see you pay attention i I like this show it's almost better than marrying millions i gotta tell you it's pretty it's pretty amazing what people are willing to do um to to catch somebody because it's like older women after younger men. This this older lady is after this guy in India. 
and who gave her fake pictures. Um, he kind of catfished her. And, and now they're she, hanging out. She found out she was like, oh, you're cute anyway. And she's a 60 year old woman and he's 20 something. And his friends were hilarious. His friends are like, dude, what are you doing? Like they were giving him the real talk. And he was just like, I love her. I just love her. And he's this cute little chubby Indian guy. And he's just in love with this blonde lipstick wearing piece of work from the U.S. Who's 30 years older than him. You know. Like, hey, it is what it is. Love I is a tell crazy you, thing. It's great television. It's excellent television. So if you're looking for some straight up trash. Straight trash. Uh, you could have an entire like Instagram feed just based on the straight up trash reality television you, you watch and recommend to others. I think there's enough people slinging trash. I don't know. It's like it's kind of like very um, it's very subjective. I think I need a separate podcast to discuss. I feel trash. I feel yeah. kind of like I need a shower here. I, I don't try to <laughs> I don't try to be an elitist, but like I really feel like uh, we probably need a whole lot less of the trash and probably a little more enlightenment. Yeah, I feel, I feel yeah. attacked. I, I, but I got to tell you, it's nice to turn off and just like watch some other people and then judge them heavily for I, their poor life decisions. I, I like mean, to it's go really hang out by the railroad tracks and see if I can watch any train wrecks. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, to me, I see there's so much catharsis in it because, you know, I'm very self-critical. I'm like one of those people that cannot do anything right in his own mind. And uh, and then and so when I watch these people, I go, hey, man, I'm not that bad. I, I, I must be doing something right. I mean, I know I'm a I'm an F up, uh, you know, half of the time. But these people are effing up big time. I, all I the watch time. these shows and not all of them. I mean, some of them are, are, are really bad. But the ones that kind of like keep it moving and they don't let you get too bored with one scenario uh, there. I, I like a window into a side of someone's life that I would otherwise never see or know about. And that's the same reason why I like uh, sports documentaries and, um, you know, what was that show on HBO that follows a different football team? Uh, Hard Knocks. I love that show um, that follows like training camp for a football team every year. Um, I think all of that hard work and all those interesting lifestyles, just i don't know I, I i just find it really fascinating i like reading biographies uh, about people i think i just i like learning about people that are different from me i think that's all it, it is. helps you step away from reality it, it's bit. yeah i step away from my awful life no i'm just kidding. oh my god <laughs> the truth no. comes out well you know what like i said i said this a couple episodes ago like i i've had a charmed life all my life so i, I it, my life is easy you know, I mean, I I have like uh, hardships here and there that I put on myself, but my life is super easy. So, you know, like seeing what other people go through for just, you know, just to find somebody they can stand to be around to, and then they want to marry. I find it fascinating. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a it's a different I, d- different way of looking at. The yeah, world, I, f- I find sure. that millions always make it more palatable to marry someone, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, for totally. sure. Yeah, we all totally. love money. And all if right. I if I dislike someone. I want to know about them. I want to know every everything about them. If yeah. I if I feel like I freaking hate somebody, I've got to know. I got to buy a book on them, and I need to know their whole story. Wow, that's yeah, a whole other, that's in. a whole other thing I could go on about, but I won't today. Well, I've got I, one more thing that I want to I want to bring up, and it's my weight gain 
<laughs> that it's been happening steadily since the start of this quarantine. Uh, Trent, I don't know it's, if you're. It's all that Five Guys fatty. I know. I keep. I keep messaging. We Trent ate Five I Guys twice, twice in three days. We ate it Friday and we ate it Sunday. See, so I, here, I couldn't do that if I wanted to because the nearest Five Guys is 150 miles away. Oh, that's Yikes. brutal. I don't know how you do it. We have like eight in our town. There's like so many. So I thought about this this bit that we could do where I would do a weigh-in every week <laughs> and you guys could find out where I'm at as far as my weight goes. Uh, and and I'm willing to do it right here on the podcast. Do you I don't have know the scale? I, I'll go get the scale. I'll strip down. So I'm going to say same a buck every time. 77. Oh, uh, we're taking bet. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I, I, I'm Sarah's going to go get the scale. I'm going to. Um, you think I'm one seventy seven? Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, that I sounds think, good. Yeah, I think you're about. You're probably pretty close. I think you might be right on the money. I haven't weighed myself to give you a frame of reference. I haven't weighed myself in a couple of months because I don't know if you do this uh, either. But uh, when I know I'm gaining weight, I just avoid getting on a scale and i just think i try not to think about it although yeah. my clothes are a lot more tighter what you know than they used to be once the needle goes past 220 i just get off because i don't want to know how fat i've gotten yeah it's 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 one of those things where i wish i could hover around like 172 175 but uh do you, do you remember our say. 20s brian when we couldn't help but you know you stay could eat like right ten thousand calories. Yeah, it didn't yeah. matter what we ate, what we drank, what we did, how but little Brian, or how Brian, much sleep we got. Brian yeah. is the kind of person though that will put on two pounds and then agonize over it and be like, "I have to lose five pounds." All right, while you guys are talking about this, I'm going to strip down. Okay. And I'm going to get on the scale. So, Sarah, do you have a number, or do you, you, what are you thinking? Sarah, whip out the singles. I. T- I'm going to video this whole thing. <laughs> and then we'll put black bars over here. Do not your... do that. Do not do that. All right. Can put I take one down. photo just for me? No. No. Are you nuts? Yes. That's crazy. All right. Brian is literally undressing. Drop and trowel. Okay. Yep. Drop and trowel. I'm I ha- even going to take my socks off. Right. Because they might weigh like two ounces, right? You, you, sh- you should do a... Uh, you should do a hernia check real quick while you've got access. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's in his undies. Are you going to take those off too? No, I'm going to leave my underwear. Come on now. I can't get naked on the, Dude, on the podcast. If, you, no if you've one... got racing stripes, that adds up. That's extra weight. I, can... I did use the bidet today. I'm squeaky clean. Oh my God, clean. Brian. I could just tell everyone you're naked. You could, but All right. I'm really not. Brian just took his undies off. No, I did not. Hey, you're going to have to... I think I think you weigh 171. That is, that is incorrect. I know it's incorrect. I know my own body. Okay, here we go. All right. You, you your guys head, ready? Your headphones are on. You're going to have to take them off. All right. Take my headphones off. Okay, his headphones are off. He's completely naked now. He's stepping on the scale. All right, here we go. Drum roll. Quarantine weigh-in, right. number one. We can take a picture of the number. How is that even possible? Now, Trent, what was your guess? 177. And my guess was what? 171. 171? Yeah. Brian weighs 172.9. I'm impressed. Wow. I thought I was way fatter than that. Well, you know, when you when you like grab your stomach... 
and you smush it, that makes it look like you, when you just, he just like grabs a handful of his stomach that barely exists because Brian is a really trim person generally. And he just, when you smush all that together, you know. I must and, have cancer or something. This is odd. Oh, knock it off. It's a tummy tumor. It's I, not a tumor. So I weigh, what did I weigh in at? 172. 172.9. And that's in kilograms or? Brian, it's in pounds. In pounds. Okay, so you, I weigh one hundred. You'd be a little hefty if that was in kilos. That's in yeah. stone. Because yeah, right. I, because I'm exactly a hundred kilos, plus whatever I've ignored lately. <laughs> so you may have you may have the same situation. Happen. Well, I, mean, you... I I have a f- strong feeling I'm pushing closer to two forty right now. Two forty, and how tall are you? Uh, I'm six two. So you're you're tall. Yeah. So two forty. Yeah, you could probably you could probably shed a couple of pounds too. Brian, my, my knees would appreciate it. Yeah, I'm just I'm just throwing that out there. Maybe we should do like a weight loss challenge. You, it's not this isn't going to be fair though because you're going to lose a ton of weight getting up on that roof. And you're yeah, but that's all, all water out. weight. That's just going to be sweat. Yeah, that's true. I'll be sending you like Omaha steaks. <laughs> I'm going to beat you, Trent. Don't eat the steak. So what is your goal now? You're going to weigh yourself every podcast live? I, I, I'm I'm curious as to if this scale is even correct. So Here, I, I guess my question again. to you is, are you are you looking for a cer- uh, specific number or is it more about losing fat? Because you can lose weight, but it's not always healthy because I've seen people yeah. who went on crash diets and they lost a, lost a ton of muscle, which is really important to actually helping you keep weight off. Yeah, I think that's my problem is I'm losing muscle mass because I'm in my 40s. And that's what they always say is that you, you're you steadily losing muscle mass. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I think that's got to be it because I feel flabby, but I'm actually not heavy, which is kind of odd to me. So, uh, yeah, I need to, like, examine what's happening here and, uh, you know, and, and really kind of see. But so what I would say is I would want to keep the same weight or like around this weight would be fine by me, but not feel as flabby, if that makes sense. Remember what I was telling you about my chicken wings? Yeah. You know, like, yeah. yeah, I have that. I have that. I legit have that. My thighs rub together when See, I walk. Th- that's a tough one I because, mean, it is like, what it is. you know, people are like cardio. And I'm like, no, if you if you actually look at the numbers, like how much a body, like realistically in our age bracket, you can do as much cardio as you want, I guess. But realistically, if you want to drop fat, you have to force your body to start burning fat, which means reduce calories. That's, so the, that's reduce- the only thing we can really do. Uh, you can exercise, but that provides the benefit of keeping your muscle mass where your your muscles are helping to burn. You know, they're increasing your metabolism. But realistically, for us old fat bastards, it's all about calorie control. So if I, but here's what, here's the problem with this. And I don't know enough about the science behind this. So maybe you can help me with this. So if I, if I stop eating my caloric, if I say, let's just say I eat like less than 2000 calories a day. I think that's like the average, right? Okay. And I start shedding weight. Aren't I just going to turn into a twig at that point? I mean, unless I well, do some that, sort of that's weight That's where the exercise component stays in. So if you go into calorie deficit and you actually exercise so that you're working the muscle you do have 
and you're providing your body with the nutrients it needs, like proteins and fats, you know, and, and you need certain amount of carbohydrates. But um, basically, as long as you're providing the muscle with the nutrients it needs to rebuild itself, then you're going to force your body to start burning off its waste stores or its fat stores. Yeah. I, okay. So that makes sense. So I have to do some sort of, I, I mean, I'm on my feet all day, which is probably the reason why I'm thinner rather than fatter. Yeah. But, um, and, 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 yeah. and that's the thing is like, you don't at, at your calorie intake right now, I wouldn't even necessarily talk about cutting that yet until you actually start getting on an exercise regimen where you're working, uh, you know, the big muscles, which a lot of people, everybody focuses on like chest and biceps, but like, if you activate your hams and your quads and your glutes, that those are really your biggest fat burner muscles okay. in your body. Okay. Uh, All right. Le- leg work is always more effective. I'm not saying neglect your upper body, but too many people focus on, you know, sun's out, guns out, and not really on their uh, their lower half, which is, I mean, think about it. Your leg, your leg yeah, is, huge. one leg is easily twice the size of your arms. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. both arms. So, yeah, you yeah. know, you work those muscles, you're keeping those muscles, uh, you know, you're building them up, you're uh, going to burn calories through their metabolic requirements, and then uh, then see where you're at from there. I, again, I'm not saying don't do any upper body stuff. I'm just saying everybody wants to, you know, swing some dumbbells around and maybe play with a kettlebell. But if you're not actually activating your big core muscles, your big leg and... Uh, you know your glutes and your your hams and quads and all that you're not really getting an effective workout i don't really so much care about being ripped or anything like that i have i've lost all hope that i'll ever have any sort of muscle definition but i i also feel like uh i don't want to be flabby so i guess maybe i'll have to i'll have to start doing something and and that's the other thing that i you know people don't understand it took you years to get in this kind of shape you can start feeling the immediate benefits of exercise, but you cannot expect to burn the weight that you put on faster. Or, yeah, you cannot expect to burn the weight that you put on faster than you put on the weight. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. You have it. to have much really realistic yeah. goals about weight loss. Yeah, I, I I definitely have it because I I when I was doing the grinder project, I cut all alcohol out. I was just you know very focused, and you know um, I was eating really well. You know smoothies, basically blended food diet almost every day. And uh, I sh- I didn't start shedding the weight until about a month into that. But then once I did, and even Sarah commented on a video that we were watching um, of me from a few years ago. She's like, God, you really have shed the weight. Like it's really off of you. Uh, because I was just a huge fat piece of shit about three years ago, and that uh, is not true. And uh, I would, be, you know, I, I look, I was just, ugh, I probably stunk like garlic. <laughs> you were ten pounds heavier wine. than you are now. Ten? No, I was twenty. Twenty pounds heavier. This is. Made I was one ninety. I, I read. I, I I type. I, I used to weigh myself every day and put it in the app, the the My Fitness Pal app or whatever. And I had gotten up to 191 pounds at one point. And on my frame, how tall I mean, are you? I look. I'm five eleven. I look like Boss Hog from the Dukes. That of Hazzard. is not true. If I wore a white suit <laughs> and had a cigar in my mouth, you were wearing all the same clothes. Uh, um, no, five eleven. You know, I would say unless you're like really stacked. 
190 is probably heavier than realistically yeah, i yeah. think that the weight you are is probably a good weight to aim for but i would i would definitely try to increase the muscle mass because uh one it's gonna suit you long better in the long run but two the more muscle you mass you have the more your metabolic in rate increases it's yeah, and I heard it's good for the. I heard it's good for the bones too. Oh like, yeah, yeah. The, the, the more muscle density or the more muscle mass you have, the higher the bone density. Yeah, well, I'm learning a lot today. So, but uh, well, hey, listen, we Trent, we are an hour and a half into this, and uh, and actually, I'm going to try to keep us on time today. And uh, I really wanted to thank everybody for chiming in and le learning more about the Makery Network and about what we're doing here on Work For It. And also, I have a, a call out that I need some help with something. Holla. So I'm gonna Holla. We need some help over here. We need uh, a strong female podcaster to join the Makery Network. And uh, you know who I, I have? I'd love would to get. You? Yeah, I knew you had an idea. Who would you think? Uh, have you ever seen her uh, shitty robots girl? Simone. Oh, uh, Simone. Yeah. It, it, yes. It, I. You know what? She was my first thought, too. I just don't know how accessible she is. I suppose we could reach out to her and find out. Um, Craig might have a little bit more pull in that regard. If but not, yes, if not that me. April Wilkerson or Wilkes. She would be awesome, too. She seems like she's super busy, though. She's opening a new business yeah. uh, in Texas. I don't know if you've been following along with that. But uh, she actually put out like a video. I think it was on Instagram where she talked about content creation and how stressful it was on her. And she wasn't able to like keep up with the YouTube algorithm and pumping out constant con uh, content all the time. And, and she just like, she really decided oh. that she was going to focus on. She's, you know, not she's got a friend named Anne of all trades. She might yes. be a good, yeah, that's a good one. So we need to reach out to all of them and find out if anybody would be interested. Craig is really interested in a female uh, maker to or female anybody that's is this, that's is this to join forced diversity. I don't think it's forced. I think I think Craig really wants to have. Um, I think he wants to find a niche that is not being filled because there's a ton of women that lift listen to podcasts, but in the maker world and the DIY world, it seems to be lacking. There's not a lot of people doing it. And um, I think he's right on with it. Uh, some good feminine energy would be great to have on the Maker hey, Network. Well, I've, I've mentioned it more than once. I really appreciate having Sarah on. I do as well. Oh, I love so nice. having her here. Hey, I have one update. One update. Um, because I have strangers asking me about the omelet. <laughs> oh, the purse the cheese omelet. omelet. The right, purse cheese. The purse cheese. Right. So you have to you have to preface because not everybody heard the story. So well, that's why they need to listen to the damn podcast. That's true. It's right. not my listen. job to bring you up to date, folks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my purse had some cheese in it for one day, and I decided it was a long no day. It was over it was, a twenty four hour period. <laughs> it was a long, hot Florida day. Let's <laughs> yeah. just put it that way. Yeah, it was in Florida. Publix deli American cheese sliced thin in a plastic bag in my purse forgot about it a day later reach in my purse for something completely else and um i met with like that crackly paper that brings the dog running like you just have to touch it and he, he comes out of the woodwork 
So anyway, I'm not willing to throw the cheese out. I decide to make an omelet with the cheese because an omelet is just so right when it's made with American cheese and it's all melty and it's perfect. And um, and I, I cut up some uh, pepperoni all thin, a chiffonade cut, if you will. And I Ooh, toasted fancy. it up in a pan, right? I learned that because I took a knife skills class because I didn't know how to cut things properly. So I took one class and now I know some stuff. Anyway. So I make this awesome fluffy omelet with the melty cheese. I got my crispy pepperoni on top. It's all perfect and beautiful. I took a couple pictures for the story. I ate the whole thing and I didn't have any uh, adverse effects that uh, you were all wondering about. It was delicious Uh and the cheese is still in the fridge and I'm going to use it again. I'm totally eating more of it. That totally explains why you thought you had the Rona. (laughs) <laughs> that's where that headache came from i said the same thing i was like I'm oh like, this is the like, cheese the fault. cheese and i'm like no it was not the cheese so Deni- um, denial is a river in egypt it's not a healthy place to be look oh, yes the cheese is great the omelet was great she tried to i'm just happy you don't cheese, have the, the damn rona <laughs> yeah we we, <laughs> we tested negative for that so Me too. yeah it was an interesting um, experience, and I, I kind of, I kind of feel like I got the whole Corona experience without getting sick. You know, I got to do the test where you wait ten days to get the results, which I'm still waiting for those from last Saturday. The free test at the, CVS, right? The free one, the drive-through one. Still haven't gotten those results back, and then the same day test, which is a different experience. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've, I'm, I'm over it now, and we can uh, move on with regular life. I'm pretty sure the dog has coronavirus, though. No. He sleeps a lot, and he's got the eye boogers. It's really gross, and he's farting like nobody's business. He it is. smells this up. Room, this room Let me tell you about something. 10 minutes ago. Trent, have you ever been awoken out of a deep sleep? Like, you're in REM yeah. by the smell of a dog fart. I have I knew, three. I knew he could. Yeah, you I have, have three, three dogs. I have three deep-chested dogs, and it took us, huh. uh, especially with Sophie, uh, when we first got her, everything just made her so gassy and it literally took us six months to find a food that was like really healthy for her but at the same time didn't turn her into a gas bag and uh yeah we have to we have to change up the food about every six months uh because they just get tired of eating the same thing so there's always about a two-week window where they're changeover and they get a little gassy and then they calm back down yeah, well, it's been filling our bedroom with like this green gas, it just like <laughs> floats around. No, it's it's rank. It it's is really, so bad. It's really bad. And you know what's funny is he'll fart sometimes. He'll bounce one right off of the tile. You know, he'll be sitting there and like a squeaker or whatever. And then of course he looks at his own ass. Like, wait, what was that? Me? What happened here? You know? But and it then smells we like all it go came running. from like. A 50-year-old alcoholic man like, with, that just got laid off and spent a week at the that bar. Just ate uh, a that's questionable a, that's slice a good old pickle egg fart. Yeah, that just ate a questionable slice of cheese that it's, was left in someone's purse. <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying. But the great thing about him is that he will eat anything. He's not really picky. So we're not really searching for the right food still. We're just, this is kind of well, I mean, a recent development. I was going to say, you know, as long as it's good food, but I mean, yeah, if, if the if the gas is getting to you, realistically, you're trying to go for as much grain-free 
uh, kibble yeah. as you can get because with the don't de- we give him grain free with yeah, the we give with the blue yeah with the, the, the blue buffalo stuff. yeah with yeah. the deep chested yeah. dogs the the grain uh, just doesn't work well with their gut and that's why they get gassy yeah we went with grain free it's like an adult clear of stuff. grain and beef yeah beef is another one that messes and I them just up. got him treats that smell like the blue buffalo treats that smell like tetramin fish food flakes because there's salmon and stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, they they reek, but he loves them. Yeah. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate you hanging out on Work For It. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please make sure you go out and give us a five-star rating. It means a lot. And if you could write us something on uh, Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be a fantastic way to support our our show and our channel and as always we truly appreciate you trent i hope your roof project goes well and i'm standing behind you i'm kind of glad i don't live anywhere near you because uh i wouldn't want to be where you are and uh doing your job and and all that but i do truly hope that you get it done man uh me too it's uh more more in the vendor's hand right now than anything else but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep pushing forward and probably start pull-in deposits and uh i'm gonna have to go rent a trailer and go to some place where they do have the supplies i need and i didn't want to have to do that because it's an added cost but i've i've got to get the work done so you know well man i know you will yeah for sure for sure and sarah thanks for joining us of course and if you want to you could go out and follow sarah on instagram (laughs) at s as in sam Avayu, A-V-A-Y-O-U, S-Avayu, and on all Instagram, one word. you can find all one word. You can go out and find her. She doesn't post that much, but when she does, it's probably going to be a picture of me in my underwear talking into a microphone. <laughs> so uh, so that, that'll be funny. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Work For It. My name is Brian House, and you've been listening to the episode number 11 of Work For It. Thanks so much. See you soon. Bye, folks. Bye. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.